On this podcast, we discuss topics that could be difficult or triggering for some listeners. If you're in crisis, please visit your local emergency department or call 911. If you are not in crisis, please contact your family physician. More information about getting access to care can be found at camh.ca or at connectsontario.ca. Hey, welcome to the first Youth Change CAMH Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Hillary, with my co-host, Jessica. Today, we have three great interviews. First, Martha McCabe, former Olympian. We have Carrie Fletcher, the VP here at CAMH, and Christine Belinsky from the Center for Mindfulness Studies. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. So hi everyone that's listening. My name is Jessica Priest. I am the CAMH Wellness Coordinator here at the Queen Street West location. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Hillary. Yeah, hi, I'm Hillary. I'm a Communications Coordinator in Public Affairs at CAMH here also at the Queen Street site. So this is CAMH's wellness podcast called You've Changed. We're going to interview some amazing people and find out what wellness means to them. We're so excited to provide you guys something with unique and exciting. Uh, Hillary, quick question because we ask everyone, what does wellness mean to you? Uh, that's a great question. Um, wellness means taking care of yourself, whatever that means to you. For me, that means you know maybe going to the gym every so often. Um, and also enjoying things that I like, like donuts. Like it's yes. all about balance. So I gotta have at least one donut to make me feel a little bit more balanced. <laughs> um, but then you know, going out, um, hanging out with friends, reading a book, like just taking time for yourself. The world is so busy. Your life can be so busy, and you're worrying about work. You're worrying about this, that, and the third. And it's just enjoy life and things that you enjoy. But to me, that's that's what wellness is. What about you? Um, I would say that wellness uh, is ever-changing. I think wellness encompasses so many different elements such as emotional, financial, physical, spiritual, um, educational, occupational, all those things that are forever changing and trying to find that balance like you mentioned and living life to the fullest, you know, being kind to yourself as well as putting in that extra little bit of time where you feel that piece of the pie is missing or needs a little bit loving. (laughs) Um, So that's what wellness means to me and I'm really looking forward to finding out what wellness means to our guests. So stay tuned. We are going to have a lot of really exciting people on this show and we're going to find out what wellness means to them. For our first episode of the You've Changed podcast, we have a very special guest joining us in our little studio. Welcome, Miss Martha McCabe. Thank you. So tell us, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you're an, you're an Olympian, but tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I grew up in Toronto. Um, I competed at two Olympics in London 2012 and in Rio 2016. I um, was on the national team for swimming for almost nine years. I went out to UBC to do school out there and to train, Um, and uh, now I'm running a business called Head to Head, which basically promotes mental resilience and physical wellness uh, for kids through Olympian-led mentorship programs, and I'm also doing a master's at Queen's University. Wow, master's in what? Master's of Management, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship. 
Oh, you're a busy lady. Very busy lady. (laughs) I think we should start off with sort of the question that's sort of around this podcast, which is? What does wellness mean to you? Yeah, wellness to me, um, I think, encompasses a lot of different things. Um, Physical wellness being a big part of it, especially as an athlete, obviously. um, That's a big thing that we focus on. Um, But also the mental side of that. So making sure that um, we're taking care of our minds, whether it means, you know, under high pressure situations or whether it just means in everyday living, really. Um, And then I think the other piece that kind of stands out to me is I don't I don't want to say like spiritual really, but just having a purpose. Um, I think it falls into the the mental side of things. Um, but it's a really big thing as an athlete and beyond athletics into life every day. So that kind of brings me into my next question exactly. Um, you've obviously completed or competed at a very high level. Um, how did you take care of your own mental health, specifically during times of high stress throughout the years? It's something that took a lot of time to figure out exactly. Um, when I was, you know, younger and competing in sport, I just got into sport because I loved it, um, and competed and loved training and seeing results. And so it just slowly kind of built up to a higher and higher level. And all of a sudden, next thing I knew I was training for the Olympics. Um, and even in those, you know, days and months leading up to my first Olympic games, I don't think I really even realized the pressure and stress that I had on myself or that I kind of had from external sources, um, until just little moments of almost like mini breakdowns where, Mm -hmm. you know, I got sick for a week and all of a sudden that was just devastating and scary for me going into the Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's times like those where you start to realize there's a little bit more pressure than I might have thought at this time. Uh, So I just learned to manage that in all sorts of different ways. Um, A really big one for me was just writing things down all the time. So writing down Um, keeping track kind of of how I was feeling, how much sleep I was getting, how my nutrition was for the days and the weeks. Like a journal. Exactly, a journal to kind of see um, what was affecting how I was feeling and making sure I was staying on top of all those things. Um, That, speaking with people, whether it was older athletes, coaches, my mom, my siblings, just making sure I was always talking about how I was feeling was a really um, big thing as well. And then I think the other piece is just always trying to focus on the little steps instead of trying to, you know, getting overwhelmed with that big picture of, you know, I'm competing at the Olympics in three months. What does this mean for my life, right? Right. Trying to focus on what do I need to do today to be the best I can be. Baby steps. Exactly. Okay. Was there a specific turning point where you're like, I need to check in with myself and be like, what is going on? What am I feeling? How am I handling this? Yeah, I'd say there's been many of those kind of moments in time through my whole life, really. Um, I think one was actually in 2008, I was hoping to qualify for the Olympic team and in my mind I was surely going to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, My whole family came out to the trials, I was so sure I was going to make that team. It was kind of like I just had to swim the race and then I'd be going to the Olympics in Beijing that summer. And I, I didn't make the team. And for me at that time I was about 17, 18 years old, it was just incredibly devastating and that's when I realized, okay, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm having, you know, I have balance outside of my sporting life and I have things and I'm checking in with myself and I'm watching how things are going. It's moments like that where you realize, okay, I need to look at the bigger picture a little right, bit and right. 
I'm just curious what you would say to athletes to kind of help them continue to dream big and stay hopeful um, when they're in their sporting careers and it's possibly turning away to them just because of injury and things like that. Yeah, it's a great question. I think as long as you're, it sounds cliche, but I really do believe it. If you're enjoying the process um, and if you're having fun, you need to stick to it. And, and you know, chasing your dream shouldn't be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to find the fun parts of it. It's not to say that every day I woke up at 5 a.m. to go to the pool and was, you know, gung-ho about jumping into a cold pool <laughs> on a winter day. Right, in the morning, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, I think it's just important to always be focusing on what do I like about this and why am I doing it um, and and really yeah like paying attention to the positives there's gonna be negatives there's challenges there's hardships there's injury um, but at the end of the day why are you doing what you're doing and that can apply to things to sport but outside of sport as well you're speaking so highly about the positives of this and it kind of brings me into the head-to-head program. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's amazing that you're offering athletes kind of a a second organization to call home while they're not maybe competing in the Olympics as well as trying to help support the up-and-coming Olympics. So um, if you could tell us more about that, Mm -hmm. I'd love to know how you're supporting these up-and-coming Olympians in their mental health and their well-being. Yeah, so the head-to-head program is kind of it's got a bit of a twofold mission one is to help olympians who are transitioning out of sport and who are maybe even still competing mm-hmm. find that balance like i told you and and find purpose outside of just competing yeah. um, and they do that through mentoring younger athletes or even just younger kids maybe they're not athletes and uh, the other kind of side of the mission is helping promote that mental resilience and physical wellness uh, in Canadians all, all across the country, really. So basically what we do is we pair up um, Olympians, whether they're recently retired or just still competing, with a school or with um, groups of kids in sports clubs, and they're that designated group's mentor for the year. Um, or sometimes we run these kind of half-day sessions where kids can come out and work with the Olympian. And the whole focus is on kind of the soft skills of succeeding in, in life and, and staying healthy and, mm-hmm. and passionate and having fun and, and focus on, you know, what you want to achieve. Is there any sort of advice that you have for people who are listening right now who maybe aren't athletes but are going through some sort of transition in their life and they're looking for, like you said, purpose? Do you have any advice for them and how they can apply sort of what they've heard today to their life? Yeah, I think the biggest thing you can do in any sort of transition or any moment in your life really is really dig deep and ask yourself the questions. Um, why am I doing this? You know, what drives me every day? What do I care about most? What is my true purpose? And don't be afraid to keep digging on yourself. Ask those questions, write it down, ask why again and why again, and really dig deep and figure out what it is you really truly want to be doing and what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think once you kind of find that answer, don't be afraid to go after it. It could be risky, it could be scary, but at the end of the day, it's gonna make you happy and I think that's the most important part. Awesome, that's great advice. Where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about Head to Head or just about you in general? Yeah, you can, uh, Head to Head, the website is www.headtohead.com. CA and that's head to T O. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
and or on Instagram, we're at underscore head to head, or my personal is at M-A-R-T-H-M-C-C. So awesome. Right. Well, thank you for joining us today and sharing all this wealth of information. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. No it's problem. lovely meeting you. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you. Welcome back to You've Changed, our CAMH Wellness Podcast. I'm Jessica Priest, and I'm here today with my co-host, Hillary, and CAMH's new VP of People and Experience, Carrie Fletcher. How are you doing today, Carrie? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Well, we start off all of our podcasts with asking our guests the question of what does wellness mean to you? Wellness means to me balance, which is very easy to say and extremely hard to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I know that when a piece of my life is out of balance, that's when my wellness feels as though it is at it is at risk. So there's obviously a variety of pieces to our lives. There's our professional lives. There's our personal lives. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. Uh, and I'm a vice president at, at CAMH, and I take all of those roles extremely seriously. Uh, so for me, uh, it's about maintaining that balance. An important piece of maintaining that balance for me personally is my physical wellness, and I have a group of female friends uh, who we work out with on a regular basis every morning of the week, and that not only brings me my physical wellness, but I always say they're my resilience support. They're people that uh, live a very similar life to myself, and we understand one another, and that's really important to me. But I always suggest to people that they need to find what's important to them and, and make time for that in their lives, and that's really what wellness is, is balance. Absolutely. I totally agree. And just so I'm a little curious, too, what's your, like, workout exercise? What's your workout of choice? So we do a variety of things. Uh, we tend to sign up for some form of a race each year, so a triathlon wow. or a running race, Tough Mudders, uh, various different obstacle course races to keep us a bit motivated. Uh, but we do different things each day. We run, we spin, we do circuits, we do weight classes, wow. we do yoga, um, a variety of different things. It, it keeps it fresh and, and keeps it different. Absolutely. Um, you are goals. Yeah. <laughs> Very inspiring. Very inspiring. Wow. I don't even know how you have the energy to do that all before work. Like, yeah. I go to bed very early. Okay. I will not lie. I am not a night owl. Uh, but I, so I get myself out of bed uh, early. Mm -hmm. But by 9 p.m. at night, That's it, you're not up. getting too much from this lady. Yeah. yeah. No, it's that's important right. that you're, yeah. you're counting your sleep and making yes. sure that that's done. Yes. Well. Sleep is, also sleep important. is very important to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your role here at KMH because inquiring minds want to know what is, you know, people and experiences. Like, what does that mean? What, what, what do you do? So it is the, the new name yeah. for human resources and organizational development. So uh, previously the role was known as VP HR and OD. And I think that CAMH really wanted to send a, a different message that our, our people are truly our most valuable asset. They are not simply 
resources. Um, and then to improve upon the experience of everybody that walks through the doors of CAMH, um, everybody that provides service here at the organization, no matter what their role is, every single role is important. So I think that the, the change in name, it doesn't change the technical work, but it sends a message to the organization about just how seriously we're taking people's work experience. If you're working full time, you're spending the most of your waking hours at work, not with the individuals that you've chosen to have in your life. So in this role, I take it really seriously to ensure that we can make it the best experience possible for people. And then that also translates to those individuals being advocates of CAMH, not only the work that we do here, but what it feels like to work here. And just to kind of bring up something, you don't actually ha traditionally have a background in HR. So what kind of inspired you to apply for this job? And I love that the name is kind of changed in itself, but what was the driving force behind that for you? So for me, if you had asked me a year ago if I would be sitting in this role, I probably would have chuckled and said, there's no way. Uh, but when the opportunity came up and the role was posted, I was drawn to the new name. Um, I am a people person to the core. I love people. I just had my Myers-Briggs personality traits done, and I am an, an E, so an extrovert to the nth degree. <laughs> I, I don't think the line could go any further off the page. Uh, so just the title uh, grabbed grabbed me. I'd also been doing a lot of work with our union partners and uh, working on improving that relationship and really understanding how extremely valuable truly being a partners with our unions is. So that work really got me, if you wanted to technically translate it, it's really labor relations work. And I, I had no idea how vested I would become in that work and how passionate I would be about it. And I've really found over the past two years of, of working with our joint health and safety resets, our workplace violence prevention, how immersed I would get into that, into that work. Um, so no, I don't have the traditional HR background, but we have a fantastic HR OD team who has all of the technical expertise um, and our wellness teams, our gifts of light team, our volunteer resources team. And quite frankly, I'm a firm believer in empowering your team and, and trusting their guidance in my role. I have accountabilities, I need to make decisions, but I also need to empower my team to provide me with the right information to build their leadership as well. Um, so I, I trust that and then I trust that I do have the leadership skills, the people skills, the passion for improving the experience of our staff here at CAMH, our staff, volunteers, students. Uh, so I, I trust that I have the, the right skill set in order to lead this organization to the next level. So the title has changed, we know mm -hmm. that. And it also seems like there's a bit of a cultural shift within CAMH of, for, with the re renaming and then what it is that you do. So should more hospitals have this kind of title rejig like and sort of like why 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 do you think it should be 
To be very honest with you, many have already made started to make the shift, um, and it seems to be quite a, a popular title within uh, private sector as well. Now, not everybody has gone with people and experience. Some are people and culture. Some are people and organizational effectiveness. Um, when this position actually got posted, there was a few positions posted at other organizations with very similar names. So I think that for many, many years, you know, everyone says people are our most valuable assets. People are our most valuable assets. And now we're shifting away and it's to take nothing away from the technical expertise that human resource experts have with the certifications around human resources uh, because there is a very, very, um, the, the subject matter around that is, is very intense. There's lots of legislation, there's lots of laws, there's lots of theoretical frameworks that we need to to follow so I don't want anything taken away from our human resource professionals I just think the name from a strategic level from a leadership level right. sends a bit of a different message to the organization and I guess the people the employees as well feel that they're like oh this is different it's not quite yes. the same so what so what is it so I, it feels like they're more open to yes to what that what that'll bring yes Okay, Carrie, so I have another question in regards to wellness. Um, you've spoke a lot about your personal wellness, and we're so thankful for that because our listeners may not be in the KMH community. But for those who are in the KMH community, those who are outside the KMH community, what's one wellness tip that you could provide in general? Be kind to yourself. We beat ourselves up a lot, and we might start out on a, I'm going to eat healthy, and then we hit that 2 p.m. low, and we have that mini chocolate bar that's hiding at our desk. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you missed a workout because you just were too overwhelmed, or you were too busy at work, or you're too busy with life. Tomorrow is a new day. So be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And wellness is a journey. It's not a check the box. Thank you so much for that. And I completely agree. I think our listeners can definitely benefit from that. And everyone be kind to one another and yourselves. It would be great. Thank you all once again for listening. And Carrie, thank you once again for being a part of our first ever wellness podcast here. You've changed. Uh, Everyone stay tuned. We have some more great wellness tips and tricks coming up. Now it's time for the segment that I look forward to the most. It's Jessica's wellness tips. So what tips do you have for us today? All right, Hillary. So today we're going to focus on some physical wellness tips. So today I just want to talk about the stair challenge. So more physical activity into your daily routine by challenging yourself by taking the stairs every time you have the opportunity. So for all you commuters out there that kind of hop on to the escalator (laughs) and slowly sit there. Guilty. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) and there's a completely empty staircase to your side. Challenge yourself um, and, and try to take the stairs. Yeah, awesome. So why is that important to do? So it's recommended that we get, as adults, at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity each week. And this can be hard to do. Mm-hmm. We're busy you know, between school, work, life obligations. So it's hard to get exercise in that isn't at the top of your priority list. So by doing small physical tasks, like taking the stairs, um, we'll be able to help you meet your goal. Awesome. So instead of just that taking crammed, the easy way, yeah. <laughs> the crammed escalator, just go for the stairs. Absolutely. So challenge faster. yourself, and uh, we'd love to hear how that's going. Awesome. Thanks.
with us, we also have Christine Belinsky, um, a mindfulness-based cognitive therapy facilitator and community program coordinator for the Center for Mindfulness Studies right here in West Queen West. So that's a mouthful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, right now, I'm a facilitator, mindfulness-based cognitive therapist facilitator. We go by MBCT is the acronym, so just for further reference when we're talking about it, that's probably what I'll use. Um, and so I facilitate groups in the center, um, and that's to the open population, people register, and then I also uh, offer mindfulness-based programming for community groups and those individuals uh, who don't have access to mindfulness supports or mental health supports, um, people in our society that are most commonly oppressed and marginalized, and we work to support those individuals so they can support themselves and also work to train them so they can offer peer support by like um, offering drop-in groups around the city. Well, and so we always ask our guests um, the same question, which is, what does wellness mean to you? Wellness, for me, uh, I come from Saskatchewan, and I have a large influence in, from the Indigenous communities there, where wellness is looked upon through the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual realm of our being. And so for me, wellness is about supporting all those d domains of our, of our being and feeding them every day in whatever way is most accessible. I think it's a great way that you kind of tie in other components of wellness. I think traditionally a lot of people think of wellness as physical, so it's lovely that you're kind of pulling that Indigenous background of saying spiritual and emotional. Um, I'm just curious if you could explain a little bit more for those who might not be so familiar with mindfulness. Um, what is mindfulness and can you give us like a brief rundown of that for those who might not be so familiar with it? Well, there's no necessarily universal definition of mindfulness, but the most common definition that uh, is used is it's the awareness that emerges from paying attention okay. on purpose to the Purposeful. present moment yeah. 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 without judgment. So it, it's about being present and just noticing what's what's here for you. Mm -hmm. I have another question too. It's just about over time. It, it's like when you say you practice mindfulness, that your brain can actually change into knowing that this is what you have to do, and now is the time to do it. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it changes your sort of your brain function a little bit? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before, it's about interrupting these habitual ways of responding and the autopilot that we are commonly running on. So when the, we have deep grooves, you know, I walk a certain way to work every day, you know, and it's it's about when I do something different, I actually get to choose instead of just automatically falling into it. So, you know, neuroplasticity says that our brain can change. So we don't have to do it the same way every single time. We get to actually have a little bit more choice. And when we interrupt that pattern, it gives us the opportunity to choose. Thank you, Christine, once again for coming in today. I'm wondering if you can give our listeners some information on where to find more information about the Center of Mindfulness Studies. For sure. Um, our website is mindfulnessstudies.com. And so we have an opportunity for an individual to learn more about mindfulness. We have an evidence-based section. We have resources. Uh, we have videos. We have guided mindfulness practices that a person can stream and download. And there's information about all of our professional and personal development programs as well. 
Amazing. Thank you. So to finish our segment, uh, do you mind providing our listeners with just a little parting gift for mindfulness for their day? Yeah, I invite people to take take a moment and just stop. Stop whatever they're doing and take a breath. Not forced breath, but just noticing the full in-breath and the full out-breath and actually feeling the sensation of the air moving in and out. Observing what are what's happening in your thoughts, what's happening with the sensations in the body. Observing any emotions that are present. And just seeing if you can observe them without getting too wrapped up in them. Just noting, oh, thinking about the future, making lists. Observing that there might be hunger in the belly. Observing that there might be some heat in the body maybe noticing a neutral emotion or whatever emotions are showing up. And then proceeding to whatever's most nourishing in the moment for you. It's a stop practice, so um, the S is stop, T is take a breath, O is observe, and P is proceed onto what's most nourishing for you in that moment. Thank you all for listening. This has been the first You Change podcast here at CAMH. Hillary, let our listeners know how people can get in touch with us. Well, you can find us on Twitter at CAMH News and Instagram, same thing, at CAMH News. Let us know if you like the show, if you have your own tips, and thanks for listening.